Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone and Kenny, and we're going to be talking about Hex, a 1980 film directed by Kui Chi Hung. Um, this is sort of a chilling and occasionally uh, sexy classic. Uh, it it takes elements from the original Diabolique and weaves something into them that you know creates kind of a new film. Um, and the basic premise of this movie is a woman named Cao Ying murders her abusive and deranged husband with the help of her servant, only to be plagued by visions of his ghost. But as the movie progresses and his truths are revealed, uh, it becomes clear there's a lot more going on here. So, um, you know, before we get into the plot, and, and, and again, I should say at this point, if you have not seen this movie, it's impossible for us to talk about without spoiling the details. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're, so we are going to spoil the plot. And, and if you have ever seen the original Diabolique at the end of the film, it actually tells you do not spoil this movie for your friends. And I think the same principle would apply to this film because it does undercut sort of the enjoyment of it. So, so watch the movie before you listen to this discussion and know from this point on, we're just going to, we're going to spoil everything. So, uh, what did you guys think of the movie? Number one, I enjoyed it. Like I, I was fully taken by surprise at the twist in the middle of the movie. Um, like yeah, I, I I read the synopsis on IMDb and okay, I was like, okay, okay, I, I okay, I see what the plot's like. We'll see how the movie goes. And then like halfway through, it's like oh wait, no, the the plot, the synopsis on IMDb is completely wrong. It's like the, it's only describing the first half of the movie. <laughs> And I thought that was really cool. You know, it's it's not often you get movies that that have have so many you know, twists and, and, and turns. I think, I think like especially not in that time period as well, right? Um, but then again, I can't say that I've seen that many movies from from the seventies uh, and eighties. That's not like Wuxia or martial arts movies. So <laughs> maybe those tend to have straightforward plots. But um, I was, yeah, I definitely enjoyed the 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 story in this one. Um, had to laugh a bit at, at, at this, this very weird sequence at the end. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah uh, get... we, 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 can save, we can save a whole segment on the podcast on that part, I think. <laughs> the, the, the infamous ritual at the end of the movie. Um... Yeah. Yeah. But no, I definitely enjoyed it. And yeah, I had a few jump scares in it. Not, nothing too bad. But um, yeah, I think. Uh... Yeah. I yeah, I, I didn't know anything about this movie going in, so it was uh, it was very entertaining for me. I uh, yeah, I mean, early on I was like, huh, it's uh, you know, I knew it was we, we, for our, our our kind of our horror movie month, but I'm like, wow, this is you know, for the very the first segment of it, it just seems like a straight up either drama or suspense movie yeah. you know and i'm like and there's no you know when's, when's the supernatural element coming it's very coy about it early on and then then it does bring it in full force but then it pulls the rug out from you again and it's uh yeah i mean i i, I was entertained all the way through this one i mean it's it's i i, I twist was like one twist you know more than was needed perhaps but it was still fun it's uh, uh uh, and, uh, it was uh yeah I don't know but, uh, but uh, what, what did you think of it Brandon? Well I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you in a minute I just want to make sure that we have both people here because there was some technical issues when Adam was speaking Kenny can you hear us okay? Yes my oh, Skype like, oh, oh. Brief, did briefly close for some reason but it was still I can still hear you guys I don't know what happened there <laughs> Okay all right I we might have to keep an eye on it because I noticed a little all bit right. of 
What was that, Adam? Nothing. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I like this movie. I like Gui Chi Hung as a director in general. He's he's really good at building atmosphere, and he's really good at um, I don't know, just just getting getting the exact tone you need for a film like this. You know, is he he uh, and 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 I think in this movie. He he does a like normally he kind of goes a little bit more over the edge than he did in this one. Like this is fairly tame compared to like say the Killer Snakes or Boxer's Omen, you know, or you know other movies like that that he's done. Um, but it still has a lot of really strange stuff in it. But I, I like that. I like that. There's sort of he takes that basic diabolic like story and then he like adds stuff that I think is substantially more scary to it. And then he adds that additional twist at the end, which allows for that really weird scene that we know we're going to talk about, uh, you know, when we get there. But but I, th- I think it's a really good movie, and I really like the way that it yeah, lays on the ground. Yeah, I, I like a lot of. Oh, I'm sorry, I mean, I oh no, go ahead. Go no, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, I, I liked a lot of the haunting stuff in the middle. It, it had a, it had a really fun atmosphere, that, you know, as opposed to the. You know, there were jump scares and stuff in it, but there was just stuff that was like weirdly creepy throughout it. Like uh, the scene. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, looking back on the movie now, I'm like, huh, so based on the final twist, how do they do the stuff with the mirror and everything? So, so here's the thing about all that. With the exception of the mirror scene, which would have had to have been some kind of trick on her part that she does not explain because she does yeah. explain all of her things. All of the other stuff that was inexplainable happened within a dream or like a person was you know what i mean like the like the scene with the with the with the abbot where he's being attacked by by her in the kitchen and then like he cuts That's off her arms dream. yep she, she, but, you know, no i've been talking about with the construction well, well the moving guys the guys that move the furniture out it would seem weird for it to be a dream in their case no, it wasn't in that in that scene i think that was all supposed to really have happened and i think that's the one scene that they don't really explain because because you don't see her reflection in the mirror, I think we're supposed to assume that she was tricking him somehow. But yeah, but I then she is. Oh. go with the weird explanation that there's that the twin is there tricking them. But at one point, the ghost actually does show up. That would be an interesting additional twist in the movie. Well, because there's the other thing too: is did, did she kill one of those movers, or did because because like she she sort of keeps chasing him and then we see her with like this skull face and then blood pours out of her mouth and you hear that sound and it feels like a cutaway that's supposed to happen after he dies do you know what i mean like yeah yeah that's what it felt like to me but yeah it's not it doesn't actually show that he died it's uh it's a very strange uh thing there yeah i don't know what i want to say about that but i do agree with you i don't think that the movie does explain that scene adequately. I think there's a lot that goes on in that particular sequence. Well, I'm kind of okay with it not being explained. It's like, like I said, it adds it. Because I feel like at the very end of the movie, they almost, you know, they, 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 you know, just having her, having her explain everything at the end of the movie. Well, not everything, obviously, but, you know, I, I feel like that, you know, maybe it could have been a little more subtle there at the end, I think. That's yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely not a subtle ending. I think we could put, we could put it in, in many in many ways. Everything from how they break down all the stuff that happened to the to the ritual to the to the to the final moments with uh, Iwa. Um, but yeah. uh, but speak, I do want to cover this moving scene because there's another thing about it that's a little bit odd. It's one of the few really comedic scenes in the whole movie. Like yeah, the rest of the movie is shot. 
Yeah, because it's shot totally atmospheric and horror and like suspense, and there's no everything's a hundred percent serious. And then all of a sudden, these three movers show up, and one of them's got the cross eyes, the other one's kind of like chubby and dopey, and he wets his pants because he's afraid of a ghost. And there's just all these little moments that are a little bit slapstick like. And I was curious how how that felt to you guys, if if it added something to the movie or if it just totally worked in the other direction. The other direction for me, like mm. that was, I I just thought it was ridiculous. Like, okay, so maybe because I just thought that their acting was like super hamming it up. <laughs> like the, the yeah the, the guy who um, pissed his pants was, was doing the whole oh my legs can't move thing and, yeah. and, and yeah li- and, and using his arms to lift much. his legs. That was just like oh no why would you oh <laughs> and the cross-eyed guy like. I don't know. Like we were talking about the mirror scene, so yeah, you know, he has a scene where he's talking to the the madam of the of, 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 uh, 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 in front of a mirror, and it's like I, I don't know if if the fact that it was he couldn't see her in the mirror, or if he was supposed to be cross-eyed and he couldn't see properly at the mirror or something, which is why he couldn't see her reflection. But that, it was like yeah i don't know like it, it, it took him like way too long to realize that something was wrong and then when he realized that something was wrong he overreacted to the 10th degree <laughs> i think we also got to talk about the quantity of urine that that, that was on the ground i mean this is... it's, it's, it's the speed at which it uh, it came out it was like wow that's uh unusual dispersal <laughs> method you've got there but uh fight or flight it's a serious thing right <laughs> <laughs> it's just like somebody dropped a bucket of it down there it oh, was like you read as well i was concerned yeah! <laughs> maybe there was more to this character that we were supposed to we were supposed to realize based on that um yeah. but uh but yeah, that that scene I thought was just odd in general, um, and I and I and I've never really quite resolved how I feel about the the humor aspect of it because on the one hand, like Kenny says, it feels like in some of these movies they do shift back and forth between different moods, but this was like the whole movie is serious, and you have this one weird scene that feels like it's out of another movie. On the other hand, there is one moment where the cross-eyed guy shows up as a jump scare to collect his money. And it kind of works, even though it's really that goofy. Was, but that actually I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, see, I had mixed feelings about this. I thought some of it worked. But the point with the legs that Kenny brought up, that was a point where I was like, no, nah, that's a little... They're, they're pushing it too far with the uh, into Abbott and Costello territory yeah. at this point. But... Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. So yeah, there were there were I I, I kind of I like the overall idea, but I think I think they went too far in certain places. And and so the, and so the basic plot of this movie that's taken directly from Diabolique is that the husband is just like a, a lousy, violent, abusive man. He married uh, Sao Ying for her money, and she's fallen on hard times and is and is ill and. In a, and, and I think this actually does it better than the original Diabolique. The, the, what ends up happening is uh, they, a, a, a servant joins the household who's really his mistress. But if this, when this happens, you don't know it. And, and he, to, at least it looks like he rapes the servant at one point. And then when he comes home later that evening and is angry that the servant is still there uh, and it's, you know, raining heavily, they drown him in this big giant vessel that's filled with water. And uh, and it's kind of actually a really cool death scene. But it turns yeah. out that this is all just a plan between him and the mistress to uh, to 
to to frighten the wife to death because she's ill and they know that it's only going to take just so much to 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 get her to die and then they can inherit her property and they can marry each other and be happy um and that's basically the part that they take from diabolique uh and so I wanted to know what you guys thought of that storyline, number one. I wanted to talk about some specific things that happened within that storyline. I thought it was good. Like, the, it, it was... I don't know. I, I feel like the... the, the, the um, what's her name? You was, like, acting as a servant and, like, being abused by the master thing was too convincing for someone who's, like, trying to pretend... Yeah, trying to... The lover pretending to be a servant who's pretending to be... I don't know. <laughs> um, it was a bit too convincing, but, yeah, that's fine. It added to the immersion there, I think. You know, I, could, I, could, I was fully on board that, you know, this poor servant... This, this poor family friend, not even a servant, like, she was just staying to look after... Um, yeah, the, the the benefactor of her mother, basically. Um, yeah, ended up being having abuse held at her, being beaten and raped, and yeah, I, I really felt sorry for her. So when the twist came, I was more like, oh, you bitch. Well, and she's also like one of the most admirable mo- characters in the movie up to that point because she's so yeah. strident in her defense of of Cao Ying, and she stands up to the husband who has just been terrible the whole time. Uh, so it's so I, I agree with you. It's it's so con- it, it's it's almost too convincing for what they're trying to do. But Adam, did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's funny. I I, I thought the uh, the early segment was very strong. You know, but it's there was only one thing that was bugging me. It was something that became clear once the twist kind of came out, which was I was like, why is you know okay they don't they they don't have much money, but they've still got these servants. Why is he seem to insistently be driving servant away by you know one by one? But yeah. of course, he needed to get rid of all the other servants to enact his plan. So that I, I love it when I'm watching a movie and there's something that's bugging me, and then later in the movie I'm like, oh okay, yeah, that 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 works. But yeah, he had a reason for doing that. Well, and and another thing I do like I do like that the that the uh, the Yihua character goes from being so admirable to so despicable over the uh-huh. course of the movie. And the thing that it that it twists too is that when that rape scene happens, number one, you're horrified because it's like, oh my god, like I don't want this scene yeah. to happen. But then after the fact, you're like, wait a second, Mike. If you think about it, what they just did is the mistress and the husband basically just blatantly had sex in front of the wife wow. and, and tried to and tried to frame it as a rape. Do you know what I mean? It was It's like a really weird sort of... It, it just adds another layer to the to the relationships in the movie. Yeah, it, it, it takes a messed up scene and makes it messed up in an entirely different way. <laughs> but, uh, but then after the, uh, you know, af- after, after they murder... After we think the husband is murdered, then then there's the haunting, and this is another. This is something that is in the the original Diabolique as well, except it's a lot more subtle, I would say. But it, but what it results in is uh, is uh, Cao Ying dying of fright when the when the husband shows up in her bed eventually and is uh, pretending to be a ghost, um, and so then she's uh, she's uh, put into a coffin. And they're gonna. They have the funeral procession, and then we see the husband. Not the husband. We see the uh, the servant uh, Yiwa and and the husband uh, living as husband and wife in the mansion together. And then that's when the haunting occurs for them. And and I want to know what you guys think about this haunting, because then suddenly Cao Ying shows up and is is haunting them. And uh, I just thought it was remarkably like. <laughs> 
quick. Like, I, I, you know, I, I know that you know they, they, they plan just um, plan the murder of um, Saoying like in, in advance, and that knowing she was dead, you know, oh, it's, it's time for for them to you know um, reap the the fruits of their labors. But at the same time, like in Chinese culture, like it's also seen as improper to uh, for a certain period after you know there's, there's, there's like a mourning period. You're not supposed yeah. to, yeah. You know, so. It, it, the fact that you know they completely just ignored all of that was uh, given how much um importance he seemed to have placed on reputation and face of not divorcing the wife in the beginning of the movie it seems a bit strange that they suddenly um turned out turned out on the side for for uh chen yu and and have him not care what people would say or think about that at all well and um what, what the 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 um didn't they pan from like didn't they transition right from the funeral procession to the end of a wedding celebration basically like is like because yeah. it shifted to red chairs right i assume that that was supposed to be the end of a of their of their wedding ceremony and yeah. and the time elapsed was a little bit unclear but it did seem really like it came right on the heels of it well we know it wasn't long because we have a scene after that which is the seventh day with the corpse yeah. you know so it's like it's it's been less than a week yeah. we can't pinpoint yeah. the exact day but less than seven days that's true and her so, body and her body hasn't even been moved to her hometown yet right is that yeah exactly it's still at the uh, funeral home and uh, <laughs> and so and so then there's you know so then then we get all these scenes of them like bringing in different uh, spiritual people to cleanse the place and it you know and and then there's this guy named Achoy who we saw earlier in the movie and he and he's there for an important reason because the wife gives the 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 madam of the house gives him a letter that becomes important later on but but he but he sees the jade bracelet on um on Yiwa and he immediately accuses her of killing the the wife and and then uh uh Chunyu beats him nearly to death tries to bury him and then ends up having to chase him through the house before he kills him, um, and so I want to talk about what ultimately happens with Chun Yu. But I was just curious what people thought of the Achoi scene and just sort of the the build up of uh, of the haunting and the attempts to to eliminate the uh, the haunting through Taoist magic and then Buddhist and then ultimately some kind of you know black ritual, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. at the end. So just talk about the uh, choice scene, you know, the classic movie thing of having a cat jump out all the time. This instead of having a cat, there's a turtle. Yeah. <laughs> that was just that was just such a bizarre thing. Right? It's like the one, <laughs> one, the one on the roof. The roof was like when it really went over the top. It's like what's going on? These turtles. <laughs> it's very. I got. I gotta say, like that. It was very sort of Chinese slapstick, I guess. There yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> it. it uh, <laughs> It wasn't quite as bad as the builder scene. The builder scene, I felt like, was not only drawn out but uh, completely over top here. Here it was like, yeah, it, it was still believable, kind of. I mean, you don't want, yeah, turtles. I've I've had like terrapins in the past, and like, God, do they smell? So like, <laughs> having one of them crawling under your nose and like threatening to bite your lips or whatever is a pretty scary thing. Dire, like, it, I, Dire threat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I like the turtles, by the way. I thought it was I thought it was effectively funny as a as a comedic kind of beat in the movie, even though it, even though it didn't make even though it was very strange, and I I, I did like it. I don't know, like for, for you guys, like you might have seen more movies in this time period. Like, was it common to break up horror movies with comedic scenes like this? Like, 
because oh, I, 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 from my sort of point of view, like I feel like the scene would have worked better if, you know, it, it could still keep the turtles, but it, it would have been more tent. Like it could have been the directing, the the the, the way the director really framed the scene or had the actors act um, could have been a bit more tense rather than yeah. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think a lot of movies did sort of like a lot of especially like Hong Kong movies that I've seen. A lot of them did by the '80s at least start to to really shift back and forth between humor and seriousness. But also, when I think of like American movies, you see that a lot too. Like uh, Return of the Living Dead is filled with comedy, but also genuinely like you know it's like a serious horror movie at the same time in a lot of ways. And and there's a lot of films in the '80s that kind of dip into corniness now and then, and so. But I think the thing that makes it different here is it feels like it's so serious most of the time, and then when it does yeah. touch into comedy, it just it, it you notice it in because it just feels a little bit out of place. Um, yeah, in American movies, that there are plenty of '80s horror movies with comedy in them. Yeah. That few of those movies go to the level of seriousness. You know, like you know, yeah. like the first the first act of this movie is basically straight kind of psychological drama, pretty much. So. So, it's a, it, it, it makes it a little stranger. Though I guess I would say a lot of like the Friday the 13th movies kind of do that where they're really, really serious and then you have these goofy scenes in them that are kind of are yeah, yeah, contrast. I, I, I mean, I suppose so. I, I, I guess I don't consider... I mean, a lot of the Friday the 13th movies really aren't that great movies. So, you know, it's like... I, Them's fighting I, words, know, Adam. Them's fighting words. <laughs> they are. They are fighting words. But I, I feel like they're not, they're not serious in the same way that yeah. this movie is serious. I mean, they're serious in the sense you're not supposed to laugh, but they're not serious in the way that this movie is playing for drama yeah. in a lot of ways. The Friday the 13th movies don't often go for drama. Yeah, no, I, I, I would, I would agree with that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So, oh, oh go ahead. I was saying that um, while we're sort of, sort of talking about this part of the movie, that um, the and you guys mentioned um, the evil, like uh, Living Dead, but this was um, a different movie, right? The Evil Dead was it the one with the hand. Evil um, Dead Two had the hand, and I thought, I thought, oh, yeah. I thought Sam Raimi watched this because there was just. A couple beats about it, you know, the the hand coming around the corner and grabbing him by the yeah. neck was just so Evil Dead too. I was like, man, I I, I can't believe there. You know, I, I feel like Sam Raimi must have seen this movie. Yeah, yeah, that was that was that was very very. And the Adams family cool. too had had the hand. He um, did, mm. and it was it was. There was just something very Evil Dead too about the use of, of the hand. No, I would I agree. Yeah. I would agree, and yeah. uh, especially too with the with the that paired with the fact that at that point in the movie Chun Yu is wandering around with that 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 cleaver that he's sharpening all the time. Do you know what I mean? It, it just adds like an Evil Dead <laughs> element to it when he's grizzled and he's sharpening it in the background, and you know. <laughs> but. Uh, but all right, I, I think we, we're already at the twenty-three minute mark, so I really want to talk about the the dance ritual scene, which Kenny had mentioned <laughs> in the beginning, because because it is the it's got to be like the most famous part of the movie. Um, so so just so for people who haven't seen it, after she goes to the Taoist and the Buddhist, and then she ultimately hires this lady magician who has an assistant, and the assistant essentially does like an exotic dance routine where she's supposed to. Uh, be inhabited by the spirit of Sao Ying 
and the magician lady is summoning like the gods and the you know the the king of hell to 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 to, to drive her away. Uh, but it's basically like a striptease, except it's got she's got all kinds of elaborate characters written on her body, and she's got these long nail things. And there's quite a few other things that happen. What was your what was your reaction to the scene? It was a full like eight or nine minutes or even ten like okay this was around around ten minutes for sake of simplicity like a full ten minutes strip tease scene basically of a naked woman gyrating to weird like synth music <laughs> I think was... I think the length of the scene is what really makes it so striking because yeah. you could have something like this in a movie and it would normally be sort of dealt with in a matter of maybe under a minute but it goes on so long that it's 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 like I mean you, you feel like you're at a strip club. It's like it's just it's that's that's what's that's what's there for like ten minutes, and uh and it and it and the camera doesn't flinch, it doesn't hide anything, and it sort of fully commits to this idea of we're going to blend like black magic ritual and erotic dance routine together somehow. Yeah, it it was because uh, I know it's like you say it was very overt. Like there's been nudity in other movies yeah. we've reviewed before, but it's usually very fleeting, or it's like you know maybe just the breasts or something like that. Yeah. This was just like boom, really like full frontal nudity for for ten minutes. And I gotta uh, say, like for I have not seen any other yeah Hong Kong movies where they've shown the lower half in quite similar like you know, they didn't zoom yeah. in or anything here of course but you know they, they didn't hide anything like everything was visible like there, there are other movies that do this before this uh, period yeah, okay yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it was just a bit shocking for me yeah i was like oh i like top top off yeah okay that's that's commonplace you know i i don't face any stock in that anymore but then the bottom half <laughs> stuff is like okay maybe i'm just showing my innocence here but i've i have never seen another um chinese movie with uh I mean, I'm pretty sure Intimate Confessions of a Chinese Courtesan has it. And I think, I don't know, did Killer Clans? I don't know. Maybe they didn't show that part. But there, I've seen other movies that do. There's definitely like a, a style. And, and I think Kui Chi Hong probably directed many of them. Um, <laughs> I, you know, he, he's, um, he's directed a lot of movies. And uh, uh, what's the, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the one that uh, I'm pretty sure would have been... Um, been on the list if it, if it comes to me i'll i'll bring it up but uh but yeah no it definitely it definitely is something that you know you see in movies and, and and especially by the late 80s and 90s you 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 will see stuff like that but um but but yeah i don't know it was it and and then and then not only that so you have that scene and then you have the the actress that plays Yiwa, uh all like also you know they, they shave her head and then they put characters all over her body and I mean, she doesn't do anything like the other lady did, but it still kind of continues into that sort of territory. Uh, but I think it's visually striking the look that they give her at the end with the bald head and the 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 the, the Taoist symbol in the on, on her head, and then like all the characters yeah. written all over her body. It looks really cool. I got a question about that actually because I from what I remember from that scene, at no point did they really show her face and the body like. The only time like they were showing the full body thing, her head was cut out of the scene. So I'm not sure if it was actually the actress for Yiwa. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not sure either. I noticed the same thing. I'm pretty sure it was a body double. uh, They panned out from a distance and you saw her, but it was far away enough that you couldn't see the face clearly. So I don't know if it was the same. So either way, though, it wasn't as bad as the black magic uh, body doubling. No, it was was well done. It's just, uh, yeah, but it's, no, but it it was, it was a, yeah, I mean, well, you know, the thing, you know, and getting back into the into it from a plot perspective, I mean, it it seemed to me like that whole thing was just part of the revenge. It's like, how much can we humiliate her just to leave her in this terrible, terrible state? I felt like the person conducting the ritual was basically in on it with the twin sister, and it was just this was just part of the. Uh, part of the revenge operation i don't know maybe that's just me but i think it's plausible i think that's plausible because as soon as that ritual is over she says now no matter what like just keep reciting the prayer and then she goes out the door and i think she looks at the money and she's like yeah gone and she runs away so you can tell that's, either that's either she's a charlatan or she's in on it, it it's one of the two i think um or both, <laughs> or both yeah i mean i guess both are possible <laughs> Um, well, yeah, if, if she's in on it, she's a charlatan. So you know, but, that goes without saying she's a charlatan. But but that's yeah. what leads to the reveal that the haunting was all done by Sao Fung, who is Sao Ying's twin sister, who 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 received the letter that was uh, given to Achoi to send back to her hometown to say that she was ill, and she came back and she actually saw the husband frightening her to death in the bed and then she learned about the conspiracy and so then she plotted the revenge and she explains how she conducted most of the major you know points of it um and then we see uh 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 Yiwa desperately reciting these prayers and and you know the uh you know uh Sao Ying's sister you know rips off her ears and it's a it's a really I gotta say that's some impressive grip strength and like <laughs> I, I, she must like train her traps <laughs> really well like she literally ripped off someone's ears so I'm like that's that's i know well yeah. well what it allows for is that final scene where uh where yiwa is left as like a lunatic <laughs> Uh, just kind of wandering the mansion, and she's got, but she's got no ears, and it's just something about that seems, uh, I don't know, the, the 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 imagery of devastation at the end of the movie is very effective, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's you know that that's part of what leads me to the idea that the whole ritual thing was part of the uh, the setup. That was, uh, but. Uh, <clears throat> But yeah, you know, it's, it's jumping back in the movie. You know, I was talking about things that I that seemed wrong to me at the time that made sense later. When, uh, when, you know, after they've killed the husband, when they go down to the the, the lake the first time, at, you know, the next morning, and uh, the fishermen are out there and they're like, "Oh, you know, we haven't seen your husband in a while," and and. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, no, he's sick. He's at home. And I'm like, what? You should say he didn't come home last night. You know, why? Why did you give it? You've been given the perfect setup. And then when they find the body, you know, I was like, that, that, that's why is she saying that? She's just making things harder on them. Then you find out, oh, OK, she doesn't she doesn't want anyone to think he's dead. So that was another another point where I thought the movie did something really weird and it, it all made sense for me. Yeah, no, I really like it. And, and, and again, in the, in the original Diabolique, it's a, it's a pool, if I remember. And, and, uh, and I, think, I think the pond setting allows for a lot more scary opportunities 
uh, yeah. here. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah. So uh, I guess I guess some of the stuff I also want to talk about. What do you guys think of the 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 makeup for the for for Sao Ying as a as a ghost when she was supposed to be haunting the place? Because uh, I mean, all they really did was they kind of made her face pale and they gave her like aqua blue eyes, and I think that was about it. Um, I was wondering how effective you thought that was. I mean, I think it was okay. Like, I didn't really expect that much from them in terms of like special effects. Like, given, yeah, I, yeah, at the end of the movie, when you really, when you think back, and yeah, we know that this is actually Sao uh, uh, Fong uh, pretending to be a ghost. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, that's probably why you know the the, the disguises weren't really that great. Um, I don't know if they had con- they probably didn't have contact lenses back in the Qing Dynasty, so yeah, I managed to do the whole aqua, uh, the whole blue eye well, thing. Well, so so here's the thing that that's actually the in the original Diabolique, uh, that was made like what in '53 or something. It's pretty old, right? It's that's '53. Sounds right. Yeah, it's it's black and white. It's an old French movie, and in that one, the guy had contacts that he put in his eyes to make it look like he had died. It wasn't aqua blue like hers. Um, so I don't know. I don't know at what point. Like it's this... pretty ambiguous when this movie takes place. I mean, it's it's modernish, but it's not. I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Well, and the, and and we know it is in the past because I think they said at that time marriages were still influenced by the feudal system in the introduction. Um, that's that's true. There is that. I know. I don't know where that would place it. Um. Oh, but the one strange thing is, I remember the um, when uh, Sao Ying was having issues sleeping, and Yi Wa like uh, sleeps next to her in the bed. Um, when she wakes up in the morning, she turns the lamp off like it was an electric lamp. Okay, I didn't notice that, but that's possible. I thought it was. I thought it was a gas lamp myself. Gas. But, uh... Okay, that that would make more sense because I I I I sort of. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering the scene wrong, but I re- seem to remember her like pulling on a on, on a rope and it sort of makes a clicking okay. noise. Which, which I, th- yeah, I I I like I said I'm not 100% sure on my memory of this. I, I thought I saw her kind of turn a thing like you would on a gas lamp, but I I I would it's entirely possible I'm wrong. And also like they they this is like house number 13 um did they number houses back in those days i don't know if that was like a a thing or a street name sure but i don't remember like house numbers being a thing you don't you don't don't say you live at number four privet drive or whatever right yeah i saw another thing too you know you're saying that, that makes it ambiguous when it takes place. Like you said, this could be a translation thing, but what they said was this was a time when marriages were influenced by the feudal system, which means that it, it doesn't mean the feudal system was in place, but it means that there were still people that, you know, the... the oh, yeah, kind of, no, for, so, for sure. You know, it could be, you know relatively close to modern day but i don't i don't know if that would stretch to the 50s though but, yeah uh, all i meant was that it just indicated it was in the past at some point but we don't yeah, really yeah it's definitely in the past it's not like present day or you know or even it wasn't 1980s yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> um but yeah so uh the other thing i did want to talk about is just comparing this and i know kenny you 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 haven't seen diabolique so you won't have the the point of reference but just comparing it to the original Adam, what did you what did you think in terms of how they 
how they compare to each other, if, if you remember enough of the original. Uh, I haven't seen it in 20 years, so I don't want to get too deep into the uh, <laughs> into the comparisons. I mean, I didn't know early on that it was kind of a riff on the Apple League, which is good, because that would have given a lot away. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it took me a while to kind of catch on to any resemblance there. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I It's been too long since That's... I've seen the original for me to want to weigh in on that. That's fair. I, I will say, amazing. Uh, the, the surprising fact here is that contact lenses were invented in 1887. So oh, okay. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> um, but I, I, so I guess some of the big differences between them. Number one, Diabolique is is a lot more slow paced. Um, well, you know, his movie in the 50s, it's, it's, you know, gonna be. But uh, but also it do, it really emphasizes the sort of the suspense and the drama. And all the haunting stuff kind of happens at the tail end of the movie. And there are a few big key differences. Uh, uh, Diabolique occurs in like a some kind of like school where where the where the husband is the headmaster and she's the, the headmistress. And he's having an open affair with another woman who also is at the school. And it's 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 not like hidden at all. Um, and so the whole arrangement here where she goes as a servant and deceives the wife is totally different. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of adds something to the movie. It, like it makes the twist that much more surprising. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that element definitely is, is played better, making a total surprise. I, it's interesting how abrupt, <laughs> you know, how abrupt the uh, transition is when you, when you we suddenly jump to her funeral and the husband is overseeing the funeral. And I, that, that yeah. took me a minute. I was just like, wait, was was some of this a dream? Like, what was going on? It took yeah. me. It took me. It took me a couple of seconds to recalibrate before I, I figured out what was going on there. When you know, when we had the scene, then when we go to the next scene with them talking after the wedding, I'm like, oh, okay, it all fell together. But, yeah, yeah, I was very confused. Yeah, and it took me a few seconds as well because it was, like you say, it was quite abrupt. Like it. But... <laughs> And even after the scene where the husband um, is finally killed, uh, the scene change there was quite abrupt as well. I was like, I wasn't really sure if that, if that was like a, uh, a a dream sequence or you know or whether that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I think it's fine. Like it, 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 oh, it wasn't really a problem. Yeah. I mean, I I don't mind being confused for about a minute in a movie. I mean, if I'm but if I'm confused for most of the movie, it's a problem. So, you know, I, I wouldn't really consider it a fault of the movie, but it kind of forced me to to to, to think there and to figure out what was going on, which which is fine. Well, I, I think one of the things about this movie that I think it's a, an example of is uh, is a film that sort of presents something as being supernatural, and then. Uh, undermines that by the end of the film and does a really good job of it because usually I find when movies do that it's kind of it, it's often cheap it's often like yeah. a, it feels like you've been tricked and it's not really well, oh go ahead so, yeah no I agree you know I, I mentioned earlier how so much yeah sounds like Adam is Adam, you're lagging. Can you repeat that? Oh. 
Okay, it looks like uh, we're having a little trouble hearing Adam. I'm going to speak until Adam uh, resumes with us. By the way, I, I, uh, it's House yeah. of the Bamboo uh, Dolls is yeah. the movie that I was thinking yeah. of that Kuichi uh, Hung directed. Uh, uh, um, okay. Adam, can you hear us now? Um, kind of. I think I think you've come back so now. I think. I think you're back with us. Guess not. Okay, now you're back. Yeah, Adam, I think you're back. Okay, you know what? We should just assume for a little while that, that the technical difficulty will continue. Um, Adam, when you feel like it hasn't, jump in. Um, but uh, uh, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is a really good example of a movie that that does a just a good job of 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 feigning supernatural and 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 having a a, a more practical explanation at the end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we did talk touch on it earlier a little bit. There were some scenes okay. which didn't seem. Um, we can kind of hear you adam you're still very laggy and breaking up a bit uh, hey adam okay. how about this Something else. Come back. I think he's going to jump in and out of the call. Is what he's saying. So, (laughs) so I'm sorry. What were you saying, Kenny? Uh, Oh yeah, we mentioned earlier about some of the haunting stuff, like where where it um, seemed a bit too uh, fantastical to be something that 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 could be simulated by, you know, a, t- a twin pretending to be a, a ghost. Um, you know, the, the mirror scene was one of them. Like, the only explanation I could think of was that the cross-eyed thing was uh, um, was supposed to, you know, be some sort of hindrance to him having a clear view of her in the mirror, yeah. which doesn't really make any sense, but possible. Um, and so the, uh, yeah, the, the face behind the window things, and I don't know, but that, Basically, I'm thinking like Safong must be a ninja if she can get in and out of the house like that, yeah, without being really detected so much and being able to escape uh, at, 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 at the drop of a hat. It it do, it does sort of require a lot. It it is interesting that you say she's like a ninja because I always felt that in hindsight, when you think back to the haunting, it becomes more like a commando uh, scene in that she's like you know she's literally running around the house like kicking him down the stairs and you know like <laughs> planting all this evidence and and doing things to dispatch with people um adam can you hear us okay now uh i can right now okay. yeah are you hearing me all right we, we hear you fine do you want to repeat what you said when you were cut off which was uh we were talking <laughs> yes. about the supernatural being undermined by the uh uh, uh the plausible explanation yeah, what my point was that I think, you know, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the movie, so much of the movie seemed to revolve, you know, seemed to be a straight psychological thriller. The supernatural stuff didn't come in till later. So that meant there was already kind of a grounding that when it jumped back to not being supernatural, it didn't feel like it had been undermining mm. everything that had been happening the entire movie. 
Okay. Yeah. No. That. No. That. And and it kind of does it twice because it starts out where it, it, it's all it's all sort of drama yeah. <laughs> and everything, and then you have the haunting, and then it very quickly tells you, no, the haunting wasn't real; it was just a ploy. But then you have the haunt a new haunting, and yeah, it's and and it's and you kind of should already be on your guard because they just showed you a haunting that wasn't real, <laughs> real. Um, but you still fall for it somehow, and you know. And we know how because of some of the scenes that Kenny and I were just discussing with the mirror and things that, you know, seem a little bit like they would be real hauntings. Um, but uh, expe- I, I just it's just you expect in a horror movie that real supernatural stuff is going to show up at some time. too. Yeah. You just it's just genre convention. Um, but I and, and then and, and, and it's, it's just a very stunning movie for that reason, because it goes through all that and then it builds up to the weird scene that we're talking about earlier and and then the woman gets her ears ripped off and there's that that sort of epilogue with the twin sister um which i really like yeah. because in the in the original the twins there's there's no twin sister there's just this one of the kids says that he saw the headmistress and she gave him something and then he wanders off and then it like fades to black i think or it does like the little the little thing where the circle you know, remember the old movies how the circle would kind of yes. shroud the character it does that sort of thing um and, and, and you're just left to wonder, well, what does that mean? And so here I like it because I feel like Kui Chi Hung provides an answer that's that's very concrete and, and, and interesting. Um, I I prefer the ambiguity a little bit myself, but I did I didn't dislike this ending, but I feel like it, you know, having having her just explain, you know, okay, here audience, here's everything that just happened. Let me tell you what I will say this. I, I, I agree that the exposition is. I think we're, uh, Adam, we're losing, we're losing you again. Um, so to continue the thought, I, I, I do think that the exposition was a little bit heavy. I'm here you should, uh, you're coming in very, very spectral sounding, which I, I guess it's appropriate. Yeah. The ghost of Kui Chi Hong is... Uh, inspired to murder someone's tuberculosis, right? Go on. Keep going. So... Um, but but anyways, I think that uh, I, I take Adam's point. I think that the exposition was a little bit quirky at the end. But I, I do like the the detail of it being the twin sister, um, and I like that it sort of builds on you know Diabolique, which already had an ending that was ambiguous, and then so he kind of makes that the second half of the movie, really. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I don't know any. Uh, well, first off, Adam. Oh. Um. Adam, can you hear us okay now? I'm. <laughs> All right. It sounds. It sounds like he's still having some technical difficulties. I can hear you guys. All right. Well, 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 let's see. Let's 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 go. Let's go around the room. We're t- we're towards the end of this, anyways. So, uh, Kenny, what's your what's your overall uh, assessment of this one? Um, I. I... I would definitely recommend it. Um, I I'd just say like if you're expecting you know a, a very tense horror, uh, the comedic moments 
break that apart a bit too much for me. Um, like I still think the movie was very good and the plot was enjoyable. And yeah, we got a ten-minute strip tease. I mean, well, I can't really complain about that, can I? <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I could like just recommend this to anyone though. Like, I feel like you have to be in a very either specific sort of mood or mindset to you know properly appreciate the movie. And um, it's definitely something you'd want to go into blind. If you're listening to this for recommendations already, you've already basically ruined the <laughs> the, the various plot twists in the movie for you. So it's not it, it's gonna take away a layer of the enjoyment if you go and watch it now. But um yeah, if you have seen it already you'll you'll probably appreciate what we're saying and when I say that, yeah, you know, this is a movie that uh it pleasantly surprised me for uh, yeah, for for, for um, the story and, and both the the horror aspects of it. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I would say I would say something similar. I mean, I I really like this film, and I I do think people should watch it. But obviously, if they're listening this far in, they probably have already made a decision about whether they're going to watch it or not. But it's totally worth seeing. And I think if you did see it, and you liked it, I would highly recommend other Kwichi Hong movies. I think uh, the Killer Snakes is one of my favorites, and I and, and it's one of my favorites because it's it's got like a taxi driver vibe to it, but it's also got these killer snakes. And and this just it, it's sort of a really good blending of 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 uh, of of that sort of uh, character study with horror. Um, but I'd also recommend Boxer's Omen, which is a classic and and very disgusting. If you you know don't eat it, don't don't watch it when when you're planning on eating. And another one that I really like that gets into some weird territory but does it in an interesting way is a movie called Corpse Mania, um, which. Which I'll just, you know, just so people know what they're getting into if they watch it, it does delve into the topic of necrophilia. So it's like very, it's like much more intense than this movie. But it's, it's, it's still done in a similar manner in terms of how he shoots things and, and how he achieves atmosphere. And, and, it, and it, it's, it, it's actually quite a good film. Um, and another one that's maybe not quite as scary or horror focused is a film called Killer Constable. Which is very much worth watching, um, but but again, I would uh, I would recommend this movie and other Kui Chi Hung films. Uh, part of the point of watching a Kui Chi Hung movie is the escalation, and so the reason you know the reason that that final scene at the end of this is so good is because he's just he's just diving as fully as he can into that sort of crossing of the line as a director where. You know, like like we said, normally a movie's only going to show that kind of a scene for a minute, and he's like, "No, no, no, we're going to do this for ten, maybe even fifteen minutes," and and I think that it's uh it's something that sets a lot of his movies apart is kind of that uh just that that intense dive into territory that a lot of other movies won't go into or will just dip their toes into. Um, so yeah, so and it looks like we lost Adam, so unfortunately we're not going to be able to uh get Adam's final thoughts on it. But uh but again the the name of the movie is uh Hex. It was made in nineteen eighty. It's a Kui Chi Hung film and it stars Tani Tien, uh Wang Yong and uh Chan Zi Kai as uh Yi Hua. Um and 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 it's available on Prime but you have to rent it. So you can't just stream it on Prime. You have to go and pay like three bucks to watch it. Uh so uh next week we'll be back with Oily Maniac, which we're looking forward to talking about. And uh, until then, we will talk to you later. Bye.